Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Brendan McCullough, and we're still going. It's a podcast. How are you doing, Brendan? <laughs> technically, technically we're still going, That's what I mean. technically well, and it's a podcast. When I say it's a podcast, I usually start off these uh, shows with saying it's a video game podcast. I feel like we just can't do that anymore. I don't know well, if either of us are playing video games. Uh, the problem here is we are. The problem is it's the same video game. That's true. Over and over again. I have an excuse. I don't know what yours is, Doug. No, so I'm I, moving I, and possibly finding a new job at the same time, which is and running three and playing three D and D games a week, which is debatably my own fault. But yeah, no, my problem is being a homeowner and still finishing off painting the basement, staining the deck. All these things are coming yeah, up, and it's just like yeah. the the hot time of year where it's just like, oh man, I got family coming in the Fourth of July time of year, so got to get ready for everybody. And man, I have been a lazy bastard all winter so yeah <laughs> it's catching up to me brand that's where, where all my video game time is going to there, stuff around the house i mean there's certainly shitty things about living in an apartment and like you know neighbors and like not not having control of certain things and this and that um living in la i will quite literally never have a home here it is just unforeseeably possible like impossible 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 um with the pricing but like i there are things I don't mind about having an apartment, such as the problems that come with being a homeowner of like, you got to do fucking everything. Yeah. Whereas an apartment, I fill out a maintenance request, put it in, and if the landlord doesn't do it, I just scream at somebody until they do it. Yeah, that sounds about right. And that's the thing. Uh, if you don't mow your grass for multiple weeks, it catches up to you and it's just <sighs> like, fuck, now everyone's looking at you. So no. <laughs> at, least, yeah. at least back when I was in Pennsylvania, if it grows a little too much... You gotta do multiple runs because it's too high, and then if it yes. rains, it just becomes cement in the lawnmower. Like if it's even close to being like damp, the grass, yes. it just becomes like grass bricks that will just clog up the machines. It's the absolute worst, and we've been getting a shitload of rain here. So yeah, this is a homeowner <laughs> uh, complaints podcast. No, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> We're trying to play video games for you guys. In fact, we're going to do our best to talk about them this episode like we normally do. Uh, let's go round table about what we've been playing. Uh, <laughs> well, I do. There's well, a weird up? table. It's just two of us. Yeah. Well, yeah. Back and forth, I guess. Uh, <laughs> that's the thing. I didn't get around to playing it yet, but I did like just fire it up briefly because I was like, okay, on stream, I want to play something other than Fall Guys. I want to get back to a classic game that I had a lot of fun with, and that being Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Oh. I'm like, all right, let's let's maybe even get that platinum trophy, check out the DLC I uh, never got around to, stuff like that. And just by me uh, p- popping in that disc and pulling it up, it like had like a big update come through. Mm-hmm. And just by me uploading like the game screen, I didn't even like I said log into it. It said like, oh, new area of the game unlocked uh card warriors and i was like what's this now and <laughs> they interested. literally dude yeah they have a card game with oh, within God. the game it's actually insane because i feel like on this podcast it's come up on numerous occasions where we're like oh the game within a game like you yeah. have gwent in uh witcher you have tetra master uh, in, in final fantasy uh even fable had some mini games and stuff like that oh yeah they had a bunch uh I'm super excited to dive into this Card Warriors game, and I, again, like I said, haven't got around to it just yet. Just even doing a little bit of reading online, people are saying, like, this deserves its own game. So it's got <laughs> me excited, but I, I again, I'll have to report back once I get around to playing that some more. I wonder, you mentioned it, Gwent. I wonder if Gwent was an inspiration for that, because right. Gwent was just a mini game in Witcher that then became so popular, it became its own video game, and then I think there is a physical card game to Gwent now. 
Right. Well, so. and that's the thing about Dragon Ball. There's been multiple iterations of the card game. I think we even brought it up on a previous episode where yeah. I'm now buying these uh, trading cards. Uh, there's the, the first available ones were by a company called Score. Uh, and that was like its own game. There was like literally, I want to say like uh, 10 or more sets all based on the various sagas. And mm. that was a playable game. Then once Score went out of business and stopped producing it, another company called Panini took over hmm. and they like, basically made it so it was i think you could use score cards in the panini game but not the other way around so if you want to play panini yeah. rules you can have the old cards incorporated but it wasn't like backwards compatible where you could have panini cards if you want to play the score rules and then once that all wrapped up uh there was uh, or currently is the dragon ball super card game which is more or less like if you look at it like visually comparable to like the newer pokemon cards so hmm. uh it's interesting that there's been that many iterations and there was a Dragon Ball CCG collectible card game by Bandai at one point. So there's just been a shitload of Dragon Ball card iterations and then it's just funny for them to do it in a digital format that's like its own thing <laughs> and not based on any of the previous ones. So yeah, it's a brand new game and it seems good now? It seems good. I honestly know. If I'm being <laughs> real with you, I think honestly, I would no. prefer to play the trading card games and like build decks that way, but I think this is for uh more for everybody. Like I don't know. I think it requires a very specific person to be like, "Yeah, let me just sift through hundreds of different cards and kind of come up with the best combinations to build the deck." I think you are deck building in this game too, but I think it's a lot more easier decisions of like, "Oh, these numbers and these characters all make sense" versus uh the complicated uh rules to like the score one for instance it'll show you which ones match together of like this card versus this card is this many difference and this point value difference versus like physically doing it of like ah oh, what combos into what and like th right the, the computer helping you fit decide and make sure well, basically and when i'm just looking at like screenshots of this card warriors game the cards itself just looks like uh well at least what i'm looking at is just characters and then there's numbers on the card so it's just more or less like probably tetra master i'm assuming where it's just like oop, whoever has more numbers is, or however this uh adds up this character will win i'm not really sure but again very optimistic though knowing that they're introducing a card game within the game for Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. I <laughs> I could play that game for hours without this, but I have a feeling I might be just logging many hours just solely for this new game. I think you're just well, I was going to say substituting one addiction for Fall Guys to an addiction of card games, but you yeah. still have your Fall Guys addiction. So it's just yeah. two addictions running parallel At to once. each other. Oh, that's just how yeah. I work, Brett. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's we. They had you a card game, and you're just like, I'm sold. And you're like, all right, That's well, the card I mean. game is it's like, doesn't matter. I'm already sold. Exactly. It really was. I loaded that up, and I was like, whoa, is this for me? <laughs> That's interesting to see if it if it like gains momentum. You know, I I'm sure that's what they were doing. I'm sure they were hoping for something like Gwent, where it's like, wow, this takes off. It's pro Gwent was in Witcher three when it launched. So I doubt if it was an update, people probably stop. Most people probably stop playing Kakarot by now. Right. So I don't oh know yeah. If it'll pick up as much as they had hoped, but who knows? Maybe if they do see traction with it, they'll just be like, "Screw it! Here's its own card gamer." You know, because Hearthstone has always been wildly popular and is, if anything, kind of gotten a resurgence lately because of a new game mode. I think it's like pub mode or something. I'm not sure. I don't. Yeah, I don't that's right. Yeah. But that's a digital card game, and I know Magic the Gathering Arena is the digital version of Magic, and I know that's you know as popular as ever for people playing online. It's still you still got to buy the cards though, so it's more or less just a good way to play 
with people who aren't physically in the same area as you. Yeah, but, that makes sense. Yeah, digital card games, very popular, less expensive than buying the physical cards, but still pretty pricey once you have to buy them you know, individually and stuff. Yeah, I'm curious to see how much of a percent of the Kakarot audience will be like, fervently just logging in to play this online i'm pretty sure it's an online aspect obviously you're not just playing against bots it's just like uh whatever cards you collect you can go head to head and build your decks so yeah gonna have to get my feet wet in that and let you guys know how it actually is hopefully the game's as fun as something like tetra master obviously that's super simple but uh (laughs) yeah i'm interested to see how it plays out I don't know, I remember watching someone playing Final Fantasy IX recently, and they, like, they dabbled in Tetra Master for, like, one stream, and then never again, because apparently most people universally, apparently Tetra Master is universally hated by the majority of Final Fantasy IX fans. I love it. <laughs> I thought it was great, but there were, like, a few mechanics I didn't remember from the game, and watching them play, and I was like, that's not intuitive, that doesn't make a lot of sense, so... But who knows? I, I remember I had fun with it, but there were plenty of times where I'm like, oh, this match was bullshit, but I didn't I didn't care enough to learn why or how it happened, and then I just right. played again. It's not like... The problem I had with Gwent is there was a few missions where, or a few side quests you had to play Gwent and win to beat that quest. Oh, that sucks. And I was... Me and Mark were both terrible at Gwent. So we're just like, we don't like this. And then everyone else on the planet was like, we love this! So... At least with Final Fantasy IX, there's side quests, but they're they're side quests. You don't have to do them, right? Um, I'm curious if you were to play Gwent, just because it's one of the few card games I have any real perspective on. Um, if you would enjoy it, because another buddy of mine played it and loved it. He was like, "Oh, it's great! It's it's intelligent. It's a lot of tra- tra- uh, tactics and combos and this and that." And I'm playing, going like, "Christ, I don't know what the hell I'm doing." <laughs> so. Yeah, I'll have to give it a go and let you know what I think. Because, yeah, apparently it's a standalone game now, so that's cool. Yeah, it's it's by itself, and you're not as restricted as you were in Witcher by what cards you get. Because, uh, at least in Witcher, there's different decks you can get for different like, countries and all that. And one of them was Monsters. And Monsters were, like, the quantity deck. Where it's just, like, you play one monster, it summons two more monsters, that then summons one more monster. And it's just, like, you know, you fill the field sort of deck. And those would just obliterate everything I fought against. So, like, I don't know if there's if they've improved it since, but I'd be curious how viable it compares to, like, you know, someone like you who's played a fair amount of card games at this point. Yeah, I'm definitely addicted. I'm pl- I've been playing a bunch with my wife and getting family members and friends playing them. In fact, that's one game I did get around to playing, and I'll mention it at least right now. It's not a video game, but it's a board game slash card game. Actually, there's no board involved, but I guess it would <laughs> just be cards. considered a board game, sort of. Yeah. Uh, but it's by this guy. I feel like you all would recognize his art and uh, comic strip. It's uh, called Strange Planet. His name's Nathan Pyle, and he has uh, his own game called uh, Sweet Existence, is what it's called. And it's, yeah, these aliens that have very strange vocabulary, and it's just a very goofy sense of humor. Uh, He has his own game. It's four-player, and that was the thing that was stopped preventing us from playing it for the longest time. My wife and I just play mainly two-player games together. Uh, but I did have two friends over not that long ago, and we're like, you know what, let's give this game a try. And as with most board games, like, immediately as you're reading the rules, you're like, no, this is too complicated. But it really (laughs) isn't. After you play, like, a round, you totally get it. But uh, mechanically, the idea is you place three tiles face down in front of you called existence squares, 
And one of the three existence squares of the 12, if there's four of you, uh, is called the parish square. And the idea is you don't want to reveal the parish square or you die. Mm. And the objective is, uh, as you're dealt the existence tiles, one person obviously is aware of the, where the parish car, parish tile is, and they're going to try to keep track of that throughout the game to make sure they don't reveal it, while the yeah. other three are kind of kept in the dark. And you uh, just kind of draw cards that say certain things like, uh, take a cookie from another person. That's like the main objective of the game is gather the most amount of cookies and do not die. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could either take cookies, That's just reveal... That's general. <laughs> yeah, uh, or reveal a... a existence square and there's a couple other things like as far as like your character square if you're like uh if you reveal the same character square as someone else you're linked and if like you steal a cookie they steal a cookie that's where it gets a little confusing but at like i said once you start playing it's really not that bad yeah. uh but it gets really fun uh like especially let's say you're the person that knows where the parish square is you just put it in front of someone across the way from you and uh they have a card that says reveal a, an existence tile and they reveal that and the game ends and then you count up whoever has the most cookies so hmm. it sounds may- maybe a little more complicated than it is but uh it's a lot of fun yeah i think it's just it sounds complicated because there might not be any clear comparative or comparison for people to associate no yeah so. this is very unique yeah, I thought this was going to be like a the Cyanide and Happiness game where it's like you're building a comic strip, but no, it seems different than that. It kind of feels like Old Maid where it's like, you know, one person knows where Old Maid is and you're trying to get other people to be stuck with it. Right. And that's the thing. It's That's why I even was saying it's maybe a board game because there's like these tokens, like the cookies and uh, uh, yeah. like tiles and stuff. But again, you're not really rolling dice to like move squares or anything. So it's very fun game. I have to have to shout it out. His uh, sense of humor is pretty funny, too. Like definitely some of the tiles you reveal, you can like read out loud and kind of laugh together. Yeah, I saw on Amazon it was called a dedicated deck card game. Where it's like there we go, yeah. It's it's the same deck with every game. It's not like a, you know, it's not like the Harry Potter. It's not a trading card game where you have your own deck. It's right, like uh, Sushi Go is another card game we play. That's yeah. dedicated deck. I'm pretty sure, like nothing there changes. So yeah, exactly. Or like you know, Uno or something. Right, exactly. So might as well shout out a board game. That's something I did get around to playing recently. And then again, as always, playing more Fall Guys. Uh, I had a bit of a crown drought i guess i could call it where i wasn't getting many crowns but on the most recent stream it was the very last attempt i got one and i was like all right good note to end on (laughs) (laughs) that's good yeah but how about you brent uh speaking of board games and video games i actually was playing tabletop simulator with some friends not too long ago so it's (laughs) it's the board game that is a video game um where there's been a trend of uh different phone games or rather, I should say, you know the game Telephone, you you tell someone something, they tell someone something, and then by the end it's something completely different? Yes. Or Whisper Down the Aisle or something? Whisper Down the Lane, yeah. It's yeah, that's it. A few different names, but same premise. Um, there's been a weird trend of drawing telephone games, where it's, you draw something, you make a prompt, you draw someone else's prompt, that person sees your drawing and it makes a prompt based on that drawing and someone sees what that new prompt is and it makes a drawing based on that and it just the drawing and prompt kind of mutates as it goes through each person each iteration of them yeah and i've noticed like three or four or maybe even five different versions of that game popping up um we played one with a a few friends of mine and it was like all right it it was fine 
Um, but I think the most prominent one is Gartic phone, G-A-R-T-I-C phone. And you play it all, you all play it on a computer. I guess you could probably play it on a phone, actually. Now that I think about it. But it's phone in the sense that, like, you know, one person tells the other person. And it's that, it is a game. It's just weird that they all seem to be popping up now. Like, it just seems yeah. like a weird trend that kind of came out of nowhere. Seems very popular. There's multiple iterations of it. And I don't know how lasting it is. It's it's free. It's all browser-based. So, like, I don't know how much money they're making. Yeah, it's funny that there's that many people fighting over the same kind of idea. And it's not, like, an original idea. Like, it's it's a pretty well-known idea. It's just continuous Pictionary. Instead of yeah. doing other stuff in Pictionary, you just only do the drawing one over and over and over and over. So... It's just kind of interesting to see that pop up, especially now of all times. Um, but I've definitely noticed a trend with that. Uh, but so me, me and a few friends played that. It was it was a fun time, but it was definitely like, you know, you get bored of it after a while. Yeah, a couple games and you're done. Yeah, basically. So then after that, we switched over to Tabletop Sim and actually played uh, Carcassonne and Uno, surprisingly enough. With a few people, Uno went on forever. I realize now that game is good for four plus people because otherwise you're just throwing draw twos and draw fours back at each other and the oh game, yeah no one game of uno went for like an hour and a half yep yeah it was like that i never never had a game go that long before it was unprecedented um and a carcassonne for anyone who isn't familiar with it it's also uh arguably a dedicated deck card game but the cards are tiles so you know like portrayal on house on the hill like sort of tile cards um you build a river out, and then along the river, you place different land tiles. So everyone just draws from the same pile, and you just place it down wherever you can. Uh, the caveat is only certain areas of the tile can match certain other areas. So a grass area has to connect to a grass area. A city has to connect to a city area. A road tile side has to connect to a road side. Okay. And it's simple at first when it's empty, but then once you start putting more tiles down, you have to connect it to multiple tiles, you know, in the same square. That's when it gets hard because it has to match on every side to be able to right. put it down. Okay. And uh, when you put one down, you can claim part of, you can claim that tile, either a church, a road, a city. I think that might be it. Uh, you can claim different, you know, landmarks or different features of that tile you put down. And then when it's completed, you get points for it. And you only have a certain number of tokens you can put down. You only have like 10. So if you put if you put one down every time you put a tile down, you're going to run out of tokens real fast. Right. So you got to kind of base yourself. And at the end of the game, you just, until all the tiles are out, you just count up how many points you got and you just see who wins. It's, it's a very simple game. Uh, it's great for if you want to have like, we played it once while watching Over the Garden Wall. So it's a great game to have on if you want like something playing in the background and like half watching something. Yeah, um, very simple concept. But once you, you know, like you said, once you play it once, you know how the game works. And exactly. So it was uh, very fun because um, one tile is a church, which is kind of a you know all eggs in one basket sort of tile. For church, the way you get points is you have to surround it completely on all eight sides. So. It has to be in the center, and there has to be eight tiles around it to get all the points for it. So it's kind of a big investment of, like, you only put a guy down if you think you're going to get the payoff for the church. Right. And uh, by circumstances, by coincidence, me and another player ended up putting, like, three or four churches down all around (laughs) each other. 
and we call it just like Church Alley. And because they were connected to each other, half their squares were already filled up, like or half the spots around the tiles already filled up. So we just kept going around and we got like, you know, for roads, every road you're on is like one point. For a city, every city you're on is like uh, two points and so on. Church would be nine points because it's nine tiles. But because all the churches were connected, it was like 48 points or something for one point. <laughs> like, it was insane. Like, Hell yeah. The combo it went on. So I was like, that's the first time I've seen that many churches actually pay off in a game. So, uh, like, yeah, very, like I said, very fun game. Um, beyond that, like I've said in the last few episodes, I'm trying to move. I might be getting a new job. There's a lot of shit happening in my life. Oh, damn, I'm very no. busy. busy. So. I, I don't have the most time for games. So, yeah, it's uh, unfortunately just been dabbling in Binding of Isaac, getting those, you know, those weird secondary characters I talked about before getting unlocked. Uh, I'm not trying too hard. It's just something to do. It's something mindless to do. And zen yeah. for me. So uh, doing that, I, it did good, good progress. I got probably most of the characters unlocked with those secondary characters. But like I said before, the secondary characters, you know, one of them is you only have a limited number of items you can get. One of them is every time you get hit, your items change completely. So they just, they really alter the gameplay to a very hindering point, which is certainly a challenge, but I'm not like, I'm not looking for a challenge when I'm zoning out playing Isaac. Right. I'm just kind of not paying attention half-mindedly. So uh, I haven't, du- I've unlocked a bunch of those characters. I haven't played any of them though, because I don't care to be challenged at this point. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and the other thing, the last episode I was talking about uh, was Rogue Legacy 2. Oh, yeah. And how I got to the new area. I was exploring that. I got to the boss but died immediately. It was like the two giant floating eyeballs. And I was talking about like, ah, the ranged characters are so much better. The ranger and the gunslinger are so much better than all the melee characters. Immediately after recording that episode, played Rogue Legacy 2, got a gunslinger character, got a lot of the good items and upgrades, found one new item... That changed my weapon. I thought it was going to change my... Uh, So a gunslinger... Oh, sorry. Let me back up. With all the characters, you get a primary attack, you get a secondary, like, ability, and then you got a magical ability. Okay. And when you're going through a run, you can change some of those, depending on the vendor that you stumble across. Right. Um, And with a gunslinger, your secondary ability is reloading the gun. But you can also just reload reload it by pressing the R key. So you have two ways of reloading your gun. So if you stumble across someone who's selling a different secondary ability, you want to buy it because you get a new ability and then you can already reload your gun anyway. Like, right. You don't need an ability to reload the gun, which is a weird thing. So I stumbled across somebody and he's he was selling a rapier. I was like, oh, maybe that's a secondary ability I don't know about. I didn't really read it too much. I probably should have. And I bought it and it turned out to be a primary uh, primary attack. So oh, instead of no. a gun, I had a rapier now, and I was like at the bo- I was like towards the end of the area, like at the boss. I was like, "Fuck, <laughs> I'm not. I didn't. I don't like melee. I wasn't prepared for this." This um, gunslinger brought a knife to a gunfight. Exactly. <laughs> so with the different classes, you have different health and magic levels and stuff. So like, gunslinger doesn't have that much health because they don't expect you to be up in melee range. So I was like, "Ah, shit! I screwed myself over here." Um, I said, "Screw it. Let me just go in there." I had all these other items and stuff that were pretty good. So I'm like, ah, why not? I got to die somehow to you know, start a new run. Might as well just go into the boss and die. Ended up being the boss. <laughs> Honestly, by a pretty large margin, I kind of just went in there and kicked his ass. Damn. I was very surprised. Uh, so 
the knife slinger is pretty good. But, yeah, sword slingers, not too bad. Uh, turns out the rapier, uh, when you're in the air, attacks faster than if he's on the ground. So I would just stand next to the boss, who, thankfully for me, was stationary. It's just two big eyeballs that just spam fire at you. So as long as I avoided them, I wasn't that bad. And I would just jump up, spam it as many times as I could, jump up and spam it again. and Did pretty good damage and ended up beating him pretty quickly. So I was very surprised that... I end up being the boss like the next run and with a gunslinger using a sword. That's amazing. And then I just went around to all the other areas, clearing them out, finding anything else I didn't unlock yet. And I just clear out the whole area. So I'm done with Rogue Legacy 2 until the final update comes out because I've, I literally found everything in that run. So I'm just like, wow, shit. All right. That, that went a lot better than I thought. The downside is. I'm done with Rogue Legacy now. It's, right. It's a fun game. I was really enjoying it. So I'm just like, well, now I just got to wait for new content. Yeah, well, when the new content comes out, you know to be a sword slinger. I, it's not a bad comp. I know that rapier's not that bad. There, I did find like a ballista, which is uh, a heavy crossbow where you have to be on the ground to shoot. And it takes like a long reload time. I was like, this sucks. This sucks ass. So <laughs> there are different abil- like different weapons that are just much better than others. But uh, that makes sense. Yeah, it's real fun. And. You know, hey, if they make me fight all the bosses again at the full release, maybe, eh, maybe, yeah, maybe it won't be that hard now. Now that I figured out the tactics, that wizard one I talked about last time that turned into a mimic, that still sucks. Fuck that guy still. Yeah, fuck but, that. But the eyeball one surprisingly wasn't that hard. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, I'm trying to think before we go into the show topics, something still game related. Uh, the Twitch stream that I'm doing, uh, I have a little bit of an update there. I cleaned up the setup so everything's all nice and crispy. So if you guys tune in, hopefully it looks a little better than it has in the past. Nice. But some cool things have happened recently. Uh, I set a community challenge for channel points uh, for my first just chatting stream and the freaking community blew it out of the water. I never expected oh, really? that to actually work. Yeah. So <laughs> I had now all of a sudden, actually last uh, stream Chiz uh, was in there. He's like, well, when are you actually doing it? I was like, oh fuck, I guess I have to do this now. Um, <laughs> I wanted to tell our listeners, if you want to be there for that, that's going down on Wednesday, the 16th at uh 7 30 PM Eastern standard time. So first mm. just chatting stream, that'll be a lot of fun. Probably going to just do like an AMA slash play some guitar, uh, like be like, ask me questions about the record label, about the podcast I'm involved with, in any of that stuff, uh, previous guests, uh, all that kind of stuff. It'll be a lot of fun. And then uh, another cool one to keep your eyes out for is uh, on the 12th of uh, June, uh, around 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I will be doing an unboxing for a booster box of Harry Potter cards. It begins. Uh, it's yeah, well that's the thing. It's for the the Renovate podcast I do, but I feel like it's on uh, this Twitch channel. So by all means, if you want to see something like that, it's going to be thirty six packs back to back unopening, and then uh, once that wraps up, I'll probably play some Fall Guys or something. But uh, that's going to be a lot of fun to see what kind of cards are pulled. Wait, did you say thirty six packs? Yeah, it's crazy. That's how, how many much money are in- is that? Uh, do you, no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling you out. I know that it's all good. I had these boxes for months now. I honestly bought them at the beginning of the year, and I, I was under the impression that the prices were going to continue to climb. It didn't really. It's kind of nope. just about where it was when I bought them. <laughs> but uh, I'm at the point where I'm obviously not going to sell them at this point. I just want to bust them open and boost my collection. So yeah. might as well do that on a, a stream and make content out of it. That's what this whole generation's <laughs> about. So yeah. Oh, God. If... If I go back to my parents' house, my parents have also moved, so God knows if it's still around. 
but if I go ba- when I go back, if I can find my Yu-Gi-Oh just like shoebox of yes. just Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Because I, I pulled out all the good ones and I made them into a deck, so it's all just the copies and the bullshit no one wants. If I'm going to find that, I'll send that to you, because God knows you'll probably get into that eventually with the way you're Maybe. going through cards. Well, that's the thing. I, I have too many games already, so my co-host of the other podcast, his name's Emilio, he just sent me, just without even me knowing this, I just got something in the mail from him. I'm like, oh no, yeah. what is this? And it was uh, a pack of Wyvern cards so if you're unaware wyvern is another dead tcg from uh, like i don't even want to know early 90s but it's like the art (laughs) is very similar to magic the gathering so it's very just like old school in fact i think the tagline for the game is like the game of dragons dragon slayers and treasure or something (laughs) and it's very cool yeah the dragons on the artwork are absolutely breathtaking so he's trying to get me to learn that game (laughs) i'm already interested in dragon ball z uh the score one i have a bunch of those and started building decks obviously in into harry potter and then uh fuck what was the other one or metazoo uh this is the the only one that's not dead in fact it's not even alive yet it hasn't even come out i think the release date for metazoo is july 31st so check your local game stores like seriously i I think this is going to be relatively popular Uh, i could be wrong and just like jumping the gun but it seems like amongst the trading card game community there aren't too many new games coming out that people are like super excited about and again i remember you've called it out it's basically like a pokemon ripoff but with cryptids that's a hundred percent it uh and if you have any interest like the holographics are absolutely beautiful it's that's another thing one of the things emilio sent me was a couple of those cards and i'm thinking to myself this game isn't even out yet emilio (laughs) and apparently i think there's like a kickstarter for it so maybe some some of the mm, Kickstarter people releases. got early cards. Exactly. Yeah. So the fact that I have a few of those, maybe 10 years from now, those might be worth something. But uh, MetaZoo does look really cool. And I think the game is a lot of fun, too. That's something Emilio is actually play testing for the people that make that game. So an- another well, makes sense. That's why probably how he got hold of them. Yeah, exactly that too so i'm i'm super excited for the future of metazoo but uh, yeah i can't get into even more card games like Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, i have a you few will. Yu- i have yu-yu hakashu cards that someone just what? threw in with like an order of something i think i bought like, harry potter cards like, and it was yu-yu hakashu cards i was like i didn't know that was a game yu-yu hakashu yu-yu hakashu how do you say it? i don't fucking know yu-yu hakusho okay hakusho okay one of the best animes is it ever made it's so good Oh, well, that's cool. That That's the thing. I am I didn't even know what it was. So, yeah. There's a yep. card game, Brent. I'll, I'll trade you those for your Yu-Gi-Oh. How about that? Dude, I'll, I'll make a deal for that, yeah. All right, it's, cool. Because I also got, like, a bunch of Digimon cards, but that's one game, like, I don't know a single person that ever played that card game. That's just cards that came with other toys. So you're just, right. like, like, they were giving them away. So I don't know anyone who played that, but I think I sold those. But, God, it, it's, it's weird... I'll say it's surprising that you're getting into card games this deeply this at this time, like at this point in your life. Um, it's weirder that you're getting specifically into dead card games that no yeah. longer are in production. Like that's weird that it's like you're like antique shopping, but for little pieces of cardboard. Yeah, it's it's awful actually trying to find these things online. It's like nobody has them. If they do, they're very expensive, or they don't know what they have, and they're selling like five hundred of them for yeah, twenty dollars, yeah. and that's when I jump on they it. Cleaned so, up someone's basement, or like I don't yeah. know what this is. That's how I the collections I even have even began. So that's what I recommend if anyone's trying to get involved. I I know you spent a good amount of money on the cards now. If you ever get into Magic the Gathering, I will Dude. personally contact your wife and yeah. make her make a separate bank account. 
I'm okay with that because that should be the case. And in all reality, that's one of the things Amelia did send me was a few unopened Magic the Gathering packs. And I opened that's them and game, I was just, man. I looked at them and I was just like, I, I don't want to play this game. I, thank you for the cards, Amelia. I just, <laughs> this is where I draw the line. <laughs> Magic's deceptive because the basic mechanics of it are very simple. It's like, here are the numbers. Here's what it takes to summon the stuff. Put down those, you know, number of energies down before you can summon stuff. Like, it can attack or it can take like an attack for you and like that's pretty much it that's like the basic mechanics for it and then there's so much more yeah so it just gets so crazy so and knowing it's like the card game that like basically started the whole trend and that there's it goes back to like yeah early 90s there's that many cards i feel like that's the thing that is the most paralyzing thing about the Dragon Ball Z score game for me is just the n- sheer number of cards. I'm like, how can mm-hmm. anyone just build a deck with any confidence at all? And, and like, <laughs> cause you just go up against someone with like another just uh, cards you were unaware of entirely that just smoke you. I don't know. I mean, that's what happened with Yu Gi Oh! I had a deck and I was high garbage. I thought I had some pretty decent cards, but I lost all the time to my friends, one friend in particular, cause he had effectively just. For any Yu-Gi-Oh nerds out there, it was like the I think it was like Labyrinth Wall, and it was a monster card. Like it technically was a monster, but it was just a labyrinth, so it had zero attack and three thousand defense. Jesus Christ! And he would just throw down defense mode, give it some spell that boosted the defense even higher, and then equipped it with like this crystal armor card that made it so uh, as long as that monster wearing it is on the field, it's the only one your enemy can attack. God so he would just put it. that down. So when I when that was down, I could only attack this forty five hundred defense wall, and everything else on his side of the field just had free pot shots at me, and I could never win. Just that—that that com- is the craziest mechanic I've ever heard of. Especially knowing that like a character or a cr- monster like that could even have that spell cast on them. It's like yeah. it sounds like they're already like tank enough, like that you can't yeah, beat it's that. Meant to be bad. Yeah, and then you're gonna fucking d- double the defense or whatever yeah. that other spell did. Because, like, it was like, oh, it's wearing, like, a, you know, crystal set of armor, but it was a wall. It's like, there's no regular, there's no rule saying a giant stone labyrinth can't wear pants. Like, yeah, so it's, it's like, like I was a walrus. We were talking about a galaxy or armor made out of galaxies or some kind of bullshit. I've that's Yu Gi Oh! Yeah, and it's only gotten crazier since. So, like, yeah, you could be fighting the Dragon Ball Z deck, you could have a pretty decent deck, and then he pulls out fucking Kid Boo, and it's like, well. Done. That's over with. Like, I can't oh, beat yeah. that. So you never know. Definitely. And that's kind of the goofy thing about that game is, too. It's like you can't, like, go, like, Chaozu versus, like, Frieza. It's like, <laughs> Frieza's gonna win. Uh- <laughs> Unless Chaozu's ability is he can just take out one card as a free action, but you have to sacrifice him to do it. God like, damn it. Chaozu just blows himself off to take out another card. There we go. God um what a dumb character <laughs> yeah jesus christ i feel bad for him uh let's he move sucks. on let's see if there's anything in the show topics before maybe we wrap this one up and do some plugs uh i remember on a previous episode i was talking about how like oh it sucks sony's like no longer updating like stuff for the ps3 and stuff and you had a valid point you're like who the fuck cares and i was like you're Why right were they? Uh, yeah <laughs> but the even what's more funny is they're kind of backpedaling they just put out a this new system me. update a month before uh the store is gonna be going offline so I, I i'm curious again here i am just reading titles and not actually reading articles but i'm curious what the update entails because uh, if you're uh, maybe the updates regarding uh shutting down the cutting store, off the store app. exactly it's yeah. so bizarre it, i mean that's the thing with updates it could literally be anything from like 
we're implementing a new patch to get ready for new high high gen next or high graphics for the next gen games or something like that. Or the update could be there was a typo in one of the fucking instruction manuals, like in the you know settings. We're just updating that to fix that. So unless you're looking at the patch notes for what the update was, it could be anything. Yeah, I'm looking at them now, and all it really says is improved system performance. I'm like, okay, that's, that's vague enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the the you know it was it was chewing up a little too much RAM than it needed to be. We just reduced that by a smidge. You know, not a big update, but it's still being updated. Yeah. So it's just yeah, kind of a little bit um contradictory, but hey, whatever. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you have one month left to get on the PS3 <laughs> store if you want to do that at all. I mean, they're still going to be. They still have the online servers for games and stuff still, so they'll they'll still be giving service to PS3s. Store wise, though, it's kind of like if you want to buy anything, it's going to be physical now. Oh, that so. was like a punch to the gut, dude. This it says uh, PS3 came out fourteen and a half years ago. Yep, that's Holy a weird time. shit. That's Just, weird as shit. I think about that. I'm like, well, I had a PS3 in high school, so that was like that wasn't that long ago. And then I remember, I was like. Christ. Yeah. Like I said, I'm moving soon. I was talking to some other people. They're like, oh, well, how, how long have you been with, you know, your current apartment? And I was like, well, I've been here for about four and a half years. And then it, like, kicked in. I was like, I've been in L.A. for four and a half years. <laughs> and, like, this yep. horrible existential crisis, like, kicks in. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> yep. It's just like, oh, what yeah. do you mean? How long? What? Because, yeah, I remember being recording this podcast and having my microphone sitting on a box. Because I had to have, like, my PC that had the fans in it that were too loud to record with, I had to have a shittier, my old shittier computer to record just podcasts with, and I didn't have a desk for that. So I just had the box the computer came in, like, with the monitor and the mic sitting on top of it back in my parents' house. And I was like, God, that was five years ago. (laughs) That's ridiculous, dude. It's insane. But, yeah. Uh, Nothing makes you feel older than someone just saying a year when something came out like the sign of someone saying like oh yeah lilo and stitch came out 20 years ago and it felt like a physical punch to the chest I was like, exactly uh, that's not okay uh, uh don't remind me uh but that was another thing i woke up to uh this morning was news on my phone where it's like oh this french retailer uh leaked that there's gonna be a nintendo switch pro and it's extra yeah. funny if that's what they're calling it. Like, that's such a missed opportunity. I think it was Anthony Carboni who tweeted about it, something to the effect of, like, if they call it the Switch, uh, Nintendo Switch Pro and not the Super Nintendo Switch, I'm going to yeet myself into the ocean. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, dude, uh, get your swimming trunks on because they, they <laughs> they're just that. calling it the S- Nintendo Switch Pro. Uh, yeah, Super Nintendo Switch sounds like a genius marketing move, but uh, yeah. Pro is just the word to throw at the end of modern consoles, isn't it? L- listen, we got the Wii, we got the Wii U, we got the Xbox X, we got the Xbox Series X, we got the Xbox Series S. They've given up on console names. Sony's yeah. at least just staying consistent, which is numbers, which is like, hey, fair. Yeah, I I love that. For my OCD, it's at least not another Madden situation where it goes Madden 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 25, uh, 15. Yeah. Jesus. T- Tomb Raider, like, 7, and then Tomb Raider, blank. Like, to- it starts over again. It's like, that's annoying. No, that is too. Um, But yeah, so I had to shout that out. Um, I yeah. saw Basta posted a tweet in the show topics, which I found out is a joke tweet now after I read it. But it's like, Nintendo Switch Pro will be announced on you know June 15th at E3. It'll be $364.99. 
uh, launched shortly after Pokemon Legends Arturus and Pokemon, you know, remaster of Diamond and Pearl. Uh, the me, cre- me creation feature won't be hidden away, and it'll be easier to access as a standard application. And then, like, I skipped down to the end. I was like, it'll legit be able to suck your dick raw. And I was like, wait a minute. And <laughs> That's what I mean. You didn't know this was a joke? No, I didn't realize until I got to that one. I was like, hey, wait a minute. So make sure you're... Because the next point was like, instead of repairing your Joy-Con controllers, I was like, oh, that's good. Mine is drifting again, so I'll, I'll figure out. Uh, Nintendo will now offer a service where they roundhouse kick you super hard. I was like, yeah, that's that's effectively what they do now. So yeah. Just fucking fix the Joy-Cons. <laughs> that's all God I ask. It. It's a simple yeah. fix. It should be a simple fix, but yeah. Super um, Nintendo Switch, though. It's right there. Anyway. It makes uh, sense. Yeah. After Wii and Wii U, it's just like, I'm not surprised they didn't go with the good name. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but I I did see a picture of like the prototype of this whole Nintendo Switch Pro, and it just looks a little more awkward. I'm curious, like maybe <laughs> it's just a uh, better performance all around uh, in hardware. Yeah, maybe we won't have uh, controllers that don't have that drift problem anymore. But who knows? Oh God, it's the Switch U. It's just the Wii Ugh. U again, where it's like it's the Wii, but just kind of weirder looking. It's like all right, it's like but you still have to pay five hundred dollars for it again. It's like no thanks. But- yeah. We'll have more information on that on a future episode. Like I said, it's just uh, speculation about like that French retailer dropping that information today. Yeah, E three is coming up soon, so it's you know we we talked about it before with everything being you know locked down and quarantine because of the pandemic. Uh, pretty much a lot of the studios are just announcing shit whenever they want to and not waiting for E three. But there's still going to be a big announcement at E three, so we'll see then. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what else is going on? Um, <laughs> There really hasn't been much video game news. Like, I look stuff up. All the video game websites are just, like, about movies and, like, shows you can stream now on these platforms. I was like, it's not, I don't care. And it's like, here's what's happening with Fortnite. It's like, still don't care. Yeah, definitely don't so, care. So, there's a lot of news. There's not a lot of news of anything. Um, I will say, though, uh, stuff, because I've been busy, I've been having to do other shit. And I've just been watching a lot of streams and Let's Plays on my second monitor while I'm doing other stuff. So, I've uh, been watching a lot of Resident Evil 8. Really, Hell yeah. Still really enjoying that game, like even not playing it, but just like seeing them just have fun with the series again and not trying to be like the super serious tryhard Resident Evil 5 that's got a pretty racist undertone to it. And right. now, it's, now it's just like you're in a haunted mansion and there's a bunch of monsters. Have fun. It's like, thank you. I will yep. have fun with this. Um, and then what else is there? Oh, I saw there was a game that came out recently. Uh, so for anyone who's interested in the game, It Takes Two, um, who were the same studio that did that Prison Break game. I forget the title of that Prison Break one was. Oh, right. Yep. Uh, fuck. I know exactly oh, what you're talking out. about. Yep, that's it. Uh, but it got a lot of attention because it's a, it was a co-op game, but it was a well-done co-op game where you could see your partner screen the whole time. It wasn't like isolated off. Mm-hmm. And there's also just a bunch of minigames throughout. It Takes Two does the same thing. Uh, with a depress- more depressing story. <laughs> Surprise, a story that's more depressing than prison that isn't prison. Um, but I noticed a game that came out recently. I saw a few people streaming it with a very similar... I wouldn't say a similar concept. It's just a co-op game, which is, you know, tales all its time. It's not a new concept. Yeah. Um, but it's a game called Operation Tango. And it seems like they caught they caught attention to this company at seeing how popular co-op games are. And how much fun people are having with them. Because it's it's effectively a multiplayer game, but you don't need seven people to play. Like, I can't play Among Us anymore because we need, you know, eight people minimum to play it. 
Damn. So like our schedules don't sync up and we just can't really play it too much anymore because the public games are pretty much unplayable now with the new communication system, at least for us, in, our, in my friend group's opinion. Um, but with these co-op games, you just need one other person. So if you can play one other person, it's like a pseudo multiplayer game. It's fun. Um, and Operation Tango is one of those where it's a co-op game where you're playing as a spy, like a secret agent and a hacker. And the secret agent is essentially is like on the floor infiltrating some place and being there physically the hacker is remotely breaking into stuff oh you, you get ha- to be a guy in the chair like uh from spider-man i don't know that's just like a quote from uh spider-man yeah Which yeah one? yeah like, he's yeah. like i want to be your guy in the chair yeah exactly the guy who stays back in the van and hacks into the cameras yes. and all that stuff so that's the basic mentality and you have to help each other so some of it is like I need to know the IP address of where you're at so I can hack into it. So the agent has to go and find physically find the IP address. That's and then, awesome. And then the hacker hacks into like the security feed and like the firewalls and turns those off and stuff. And it's I'm watching a stream of it. It's like twenty bucks right now, full price. Pretty sure it's on Steam. I'm pretty sure it's on all consoles. I think it's on PlayStation Five for free. I don't know if this place. I don't know if it's PS Plus or if this is like a free like release weekend of like trying to get publicity for it by everyone. i want to be surprised if it's part of the ps plus mo- uh games for the month of june but i haven't even really checked that myself but yeah this game looks awesome it j- just came out on june it 1st. just came out and it's it's got a really cool like just very over-the-top stylized like futuristic aesthetic to it and it's just it kind of feels like a pixar like incredibles like just big poly- polygonal shapes for characters and stuff and just really fun looking um but yeah, it's just a good game. It's, you know, watching someone stream it maybe wasn't optimized as well for the PS5 at certain areas. Like maybe there's too many NPCs walking around and it bogged it down a bit. Um, so you can work with the settings and stuff to whichever works best for you. But yeah, just the different stuff I saw was really cool. Whereas in uh, It Takes Two, a lot of the puzzles were just one puzzle just cut in half so that two people could use it at the same time. Right. These are all really unique puzzles. That like I haven't seen in other stuff, and they real there's some stuff where it's like guide the ball through the maze, and one of you controls left and right, one of you controls up and down, and you have to work. Sure, there. and it's like I've seen that before, but yeah. most of these are pretty unique because it's the spy hacker you know th- theme, so it has to work in line with that. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Uh, one I saw is the agent's trying to escape from a place after you steal something, and the hacker hacks into. A sentry gun, like security gun, that's like mounted on the ceiling, and the agent ha- is able to see the electrical panels for the doors, but the hacker can't. So the agent has to go up to the panels, show the hacker on the cameras where it is, and then the hacker has to shoot them with the gun to then open the doors. So you have to work in tandem with that, and it's just a lot of stuff. Where it's like, oh, that's inter- that's an interesting way to do that puzzle, or that's a neat idea and stuff. So. If you're looking for just a co-op game to play with one other person, if you want to test the strength of your relationship with that person <laughs> and maybe scream at each other for a while. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it, uh, Operation Tango is, like I said, 20 bucks at full price. It's well worth it from what I've yeah, saw. Yeah, dude. Yo, thanks for pointing this one out to me. I'm going to get this one. It is part of the PlayStation Plus games for June. Yeah, there you uh, go. So I'll be grabbing that for free as soon as we get off the call. I recommend our listeners do that too if you have PlayStation 5. But we'll also shout out the other games uh, that are free for this month. Uh, Virtua, Virtua Fighter 5 Ultimate Showdown oh, yeah. and Star Wars Squadrons. And I'm like, damn, oh. is not is that good or bad? Because I'm just yeah. looking at a screenshot. It looks like pretty. It's yeah. like I, I could uh, fly around in an X-Wing or something. It's Star Wars, so it's definitely got the fan base that's going to play it no matter how bad it is. Sure. But I remember when it came out, people initially hyped for it, played it for a hot three days, and then 
nothing ever again. Okay. Honestly, Star Wars Battlefront 2, not the recent one. They did recent Battlefronts, like, 1 and 2, and they remade them using the same name, which makes it confusing and hard to understand. Extremely, yes. But Star Wars Battlefront 2 for the PS2? That game still holds up. There are people still playing it right now on Steam. Like, that's that's still one of the best Star Wars games. And it was just, it's what people wanted. It was just like, you know, a shooter, like a Call of Duty sort of shooter game, but with Star Wars. Like, that's still good. But like, a lot of the recent Star Wars games are, you know, they had a good idea, but like, kind of sloppy on the, like, finish line stuff. So, yeah. Uh, oh, and small warning with Operation Tango. As a spy and hacker, you're doing stuff. You got time-sensitive stuff. It will get stressful for some of those puzzles. Like, pretty stressful. Uh, luckily, there's plenty of checkpoints where it's like, they know you're going to fuck up. So you don't you don't have to restart the whole level if you fuck up. You go back to just whatever you failed on. So okay. it's, it's not the end of the world if you fail. Because you're going to fail a lot. It's Some of them are not intuitive. And it'll take you failing a few times to get it. But, yeah, it looks really cool. It looks like a really fun game. Definitely, man. And, yeah. That is annoying. There's Star Wars Battlefront 2 from 2005 and Star yeah. Wars Battlefront 2 from 2017. So oh. definitely check out the 2005 one. Uh, but still- all right, I think – wait. You're not going to mention this chicken nugget before we wrap this up? I mean, I didn't plan on it, but – Oh, uh, you have to now. I mean, do, can we put it in the metadata tags to get good SEO because we mentioned Among know. Us? Yeah. Um, can we make an NFT out of this? No. Because oh, it turns out it. the NFT market has crashed. Because, surprise, surprise, like everyone said it was, it was a scam. And yeah. everyone that fell for it, a goddamn idiot that ruined their reputation both in the artistic community and business side of it. And anyone who got money off the business side of it, you're probably a criminal who tricked people into this. You yeah. massive piece of shit. Jesus Christ. Uh, I was NFTs. just kidding. There's nothing uh, good about them. No, there isn't. Anyway. Uh, but someone's making money. Someone's making big money on this, and I'm wondering, you speculated that this was just the person auctioning it, then just bought it themselves, so they didn't actually have this one. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens more often. Because, 100%. Because here's how slow the game news is this week. The only thing I found and put in show topics is a chicken nugget shaped like an Among Us character sold for $100,000 at auction. Yes. And it's not even just like, oh, it's listed on eBay, ha ha ha. It sold for $100,000, a chicken nugget in the shape of an Among Us character. And I'll, I'll give it credit. It looks like a fucking Among Us character. Like, I it mean, really among, does. among Us characters <laughs> looks like a thumb with two legs sticking out. Like, it's not a hard shape. <laughs> but it's it's spot on. I mean, I don't know if it's $100,000 spot on, but... Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if someone just made that chicken nugget. Like, because it's just in a Ziploc bag. It's not like, oh, I found it in my McDonald's, you know, McNuggets. I mean, they say it's a McNubbit, McNugget. But it like, looks like a McNugget. I feel like they who's are to say very they distinctly... They got a know. certain pattern to it because they fried in weird shit. But who's to yeah. say they didn't just make that at home to, like specifically to look like an Among Us? Like, who's First off, there's nothing natural about McNuggets. But second off, who's to say that actually came from McDonald's? True. But, yeah, it garnered 184 bids on eBay. and uh, Okay, it sold for almost 100000 It sold for $99,997. Dude, so that's a hundred grand three dollars short yeah jesus christ that's and like yeah i just joke about that because of it's the same with like the trading card game community uh people are just really uh inflating the prices so i i'm just speculating people buying up all this stock and then putting it on the market and then the people that see things sell like all real prices are based on uh previously sold auctions so if they're basically listing something for 
$3,000 and then somebody actually buys it, then all the rest of the world looks at that as, oh, this is actually worth $3,000 now. But the way you get around doing that is you're the person listening it. You're the person buying it for $3,000. Now everyone's convinced that everything you have is worth 3000 You list some more and then someone else buys it for $3,000. So it just seems very scammy. I don't, that's why I joked whoever listed this bought this themselves. Cause it's like, they're not losing money, but they're also just uh, making headlines, obviously with a chicken nugget. I'll tell you something, Doug, that's how the stock market works. Yeah. <laughs> it's all a scam. It's all, perceived value because Credit. there's no value in you any have of these that things. money right yeah i mean even with the cards it's perceived value of this pack of cards could hold the rarest card in the world i guarantee you it doesn't exactly but the possibility is there and the possibility is what's worth the money not the actual cards because yep. once that's open and once you disprove it it's not worth as nearly as much no so, and you're opening a pack for one of those cards to be rare like yeah <laughs> It's like out of 12 of them, it's like, I'm just one. All I really want to know is this one card in there. Yeah. So it's just, it's absolutely insane. And yeah, it wasn't there a story about a guy like hoarding PS5s and then he got either robbed yes. or no, he or someone who bought like bulk stock of something like that, be like, I'm going to make out rich. And then no one bought them and he was selling them for like less than what the actual price was worth because he had so many and no one was buying them. So like, yeah, hopefully it bites scalpers in the ass like that because fuck scalpers. Yes. Well, that's a good way, uh, a good note to end on for this episode. Let's wrap this one up and do some plugs. Uh, Thanks for listening, listeners. Uh, Where can we find you on the internet, Bryn? You can find me on Twitter at ABTSBrendan. I really don't do much. I don't recommend it. Twitter's a cesspool of a website. Uh, Instead, I have another podcast called Are We There Yet? where we watch three episodes or a movie of an anime and give a recap of it and our opinions. It's a good way to see if an anime is a good entry point, if you might be interested in it, or if it's good to avoid it and just hear us shit on it relentlessly. Uh, I think the most recent episode we did was Cowboy Bebop, which is a very big show for us. Damn, yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. We liked it because Cowboy Bebop is objectively good. Hell yeah. There's no opinions on that show. It is just factually good. Classic. No, I'm glad you guys are getting around to some of the big ones. That's exciting. Uh, listener, uh, definitely check that show out. And I also have another podcast. It's called Renovate, a Harry Potter uh, revival, TC, uh, Harry Potter TCG revival <laughs> podcast. God, Title. the tagline gets me every time. Uh, but no, it's just Renovate if you want to look that up on Google. Uh, but yeah, have to be interested in Harry Potter trading card game. That's all we talk about. Sorry. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> That's the show. But um, other than that, uh, I also have a record label. It's MissedOutRecords.com if you want to see what tapes and uh, vinyls are available for sale over there. And the band that does our intro and outro music is a band called Kinda Alright. Head over to KindaAllright.BandCamp.com for more music from them. And yeah, check out the Twitch stream, twitch.tv slash abtsilence. Uh, we're findable at all the places at abtsilence if you want to get in touch with us or uh, give us a follow on social media. But thanks for listening, guys. Tell a friend, tell a family member. We'll be back next week. Telephone. See ya.